What's up, everybody? Welcome to PG Spoilers. I'm your host, Resident Daryl, and tonight I'm flying solo. Got something different planned. We're going to try this out, see how it goes, and if you guys like it, hit us up, let us know what you think, and we may continue to do this in the future. Tonight, we're going to be doing a two-part book review on Batman versus Aliens, or Batman Aliens, um, combining two of my all-time favorite properties, uh, Batman, and the Xenomorph Aliens from the various movies, Alien, Alien, there's what is our five six movies now plus the avp series uh multiple aliens uh comic books graphic novels things like that so what i wanted to do since i'm flying solo this week is i wanted to try out something um that we've been kicking around here on the podcast uh we've been wanting to do comic book reviews and i wanted to start with something uh big and uh something uh like a landmark issue like uh, detective 1000 uh or the uh, current Batman and Ninja Turtles run, uh, but I came across the Batman Cross Aliens versus Aliens, Batman Aliens, however you want to call it, uh, two book uh, specials, and so I figured I would, uh, I read them obviously, I thought they were, you know, we'll get into that, I don't want to spoil it too early, uh, but but I read them and I was like, you know what, this is a perfect uh, week and a perfect um, special to do uh, try out here on PG spoilers and see what you think so with that being said I'm going to go ahead and break into uh, all of the business all of the housekeeping get that out of the way so we can dive into these two books uh, PG spoilers is a proven gamer podcast uh, if you would be so kind as to check out provengamer.com um, it is a video game slash news slash reviews slash podcast network uh, website um, we have various sponsors and partnerships, uh, one of which being Patreon. If you'd like to go and check out the various tiers on Patreon and become a, uh, a patron, uh, we'd greatly appreciate you checking that out. Um, we also have a uh, link on the website where you can go check out Amazon.com. Do all your shopping through there. If you go through Proving Hammer first, click on the Amazon link. It takes you straight to the store. And then anything you buy per normal, usual shopping... Uh, Amazon kicks a little piece back to the website. doesn't cost you anything. doesn't add anything to your cart. Um, but it is a way to support the website and support these podcasts. Um, and then there's also the uh, uh, Proven Gamer and Humble Bundle partnership. There's a Humble Bundle link on the website. You can go to HumbleBundle.com or excuse me, go to ProvenGamer.com. Go to the Humble Bundle link. Uh, and then you can buy your various um, packages, your various software dumps your various comic book dumps whatever um video games they have on sale and then you can choose at the checkout how much goes to the developer publishers what have you to various charities and also a little piece goes back to proven gamer um these are different ways that you can uh, help uh, keep the website going keep the content flowing um and now that we got that stuff out of the way let's dig into these books now um Again, this is the first time I have done a solo episode. Uh, our co-host, uh, Basehead Hex, he did uh, the Love, Death, and Robots episode. We've got a few episodes in the can, um, but I really wanted to dive into these comic books, and I really wanted to uh, create a space for um, people who enjoy comics to have some stuff to listen to. And so what I'm going to do is I'm not going to do a page-by-page read or run-through, but I will do a uh, fairly thorough uh, discussion on each of the two books and then give my overall uh, opinion on them uh, there will be some spoilers as per the name of the show it is pg spoilers um, so we try to keep some stuff kind of back but for the most part this is a spoiler cast slash review show and that's what we're here to do so batman aliens now i, I gotta say right off the rip the cover art is uh, pretty awesome. It is uh, the Batman and Aliens uh, logos at the top, and then you have a one face, but it's split into two, half of it being Batman in the cowl, and the other half being the Xenomorph alien, um, which is pretty rad. I mean, it's a this comic, I want to say, came out in 1997, so it's an older one, um, and it is... Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty rad. I'll just go ahead and say it. it's pretty rad. I liked it. There's some, I have some problems with it, some issues, some things that don't quite work. But for the most part, uh, it was intriguing, and it can be uh, purchased or found uh, in various places, 
such as the DC Universe subscription service. It is free if you're a subscriber on there. Uh, I believe you can get it on Comixology or through Amazon, and then you can use it on your Comixology apps. So the episode, or the issue, rather, starts off with Batman parachuting into the Mexican Guatemalan Gulf, uh, the border. It, it's a, it looks like he's dropping down in a desert. He's parachuting down. Uh, and you can see what looks like uh, some sort of temple and some ruins in the background. Um, right off the bat, you know, things to, to, that I noticed were Batman is wearing his uh, dark blue and gray uh, cape cowl and, uh, and bat suit with a very traditional um, yellow utility belt. Uh, so it's a very uh, traditional bat suit, uh, the longer um, horns on the cowl. Uh, if any of you guys have listened to any of the previous podcasts I've been a part of, I am a huge fan of the Frank Miller, um, Dark Knight Returns Batman, a bigger, broader, uh, Batman with the smaller horns, um, on the cow, like Ben Affleck in Batman vs Superman and Justice League. Um, but this is a old school, uh, taller, a little bit skinnier Batman in, in various pages. He seems to be portrayed as a little leaner. Um, than my preferred Batman, but again, 97, this is, a this is prime Batman time for me as a child. So Batman is parachuting into the jungle, uh, and he lands in a, he crashes down through some trees and lands in a river and is immediately, uh, attacked by a crocodile. Uh, and in typical bat fashion, he wrangles said crocodile, um, and pulls <laughs> what looks like a zip line or something uh, out of his utility belt and ties the crocodile's uh, snout, his mouth shut <laughs> and sends the crocodile on his way. Um, and so right off the bat, I was like, yep, here we go. And no pun intended on the bat. Um, right, right off the, right in the beginning, Batman is doing what Batman does best and is outsmarting and outmaneuvering uh, all obstacles, all enemies, everything. I thought to myself right here, before digging into it, knowing that, okay, Batman is about to encounter the Xenomorphs. If we put together a timeline of all of the enemies and situations Batman has bested and overcome, it is quite the resume <laughs> from uh, enemies like Doomsday and Darkseid, um, the rogues gallery with uh the Joker, Penguin, uh, Bane, all of the Gotham and Arkham crazies. And here he is in a Mexican Guatemalan border in a jungle wrestling a crocodile. So he's done some stuff. Uh, but from there, he encounters a group of special operatives, some mercenaries, and they look like your typical, if you've ever seen any of the films, Aliens, which I would imagine if you are here listening to this podcast, you at least are familiar uh, with the aliens. Um, but if you look, I mean, just very traditional, let's say it's ripped straight out of that universe. Um, you've got some guys uh, with various utility belts across them with, with different amounts of ammo, uh, giant guns. I mean, it's very your typical group of soon-to-be-dead guys. Now, if you've watched any of the Aliens and Predator movies, you know that you come up, there's always a team of the elite uh, special forces, big, ripped-out dudes. They're supposed to be you know, the baddest of the bad, the toughest of the tough, and they eventually die. That's not necessarily a big spoiler. That's kind of commonplace in these universes. But right after the rip, and it's kind of awkwardly placed, here you are, here's a jungle and you have these characters but you have batman <laughs> standing in the middle of a river um after wrestling a crocodile so i mean it's it's right after the bat it's like okay i'm gonna go with it it's batman but i don't know it's it's not visually it wasn't quite working although it is kind of neat but batman has a an exchange with uh, the leader of these groups or excuse me this group the guy points his gun in Batman's face. Batman and him go back and forth. Batman continues to tell him, hey, I, I'm i not going to be threatened. You're not going to put this in my face. You're not going to do this to me. Blah, blah, blah. Dude man tells Bats that he said, you got a death wish after Batman took the dude's gun from him. 
And Batman says, don't make me take that from you again. So here we are, mere minutes after wrestling a crocodile in the middle of a river, after parachuting from the bat plane, bat jet, and he's already punking out some said super tough guy with very large machine guns. So, typical Batman. So from there, the group finds a way to get along for the time being. They introduce themselves and they say, hey, look, we're all on said separate missions, but we're basically heading to the same place. Um, so they have a few more dialogue exchanges with Batman. They say that all of their rations, their guns and ammo, minus what they had on their person, are at the bottom of the river. And they're like, you know, we probably need to get some of our gear. And Batman looks at him and with his cape kind of flung to one side, resting his hand on his utility belt. And he says, I'm carrying everything I need. And then from there, they start making their way through the jungle. They don't make it very far before the captain of the group, uh, I think his name is Captain Seely, turns around with his machete and then gives Batman an order that he no longer wants Batman uh, behind him, that he wants Batman up front. Uh, again, it just doesn't quite, you know, the art's pretty good in the book, um, but it just something about Batman in the blue and gray with the yellow bat symbol on his chest uh, with a group of mercenaries in you know camo and guns, it just it's just not the best. This is not it's just still not working for me. But as they move forward, um, Batman and the captain of said group get into a fist fight, of which Batman outmaneuvers him, punches him in the face, and knocks him straight on his behind. Before one of the guys in the crew realizes that they are fighting in front of a giant alien spaceship. That's right, a giant crashed alien spaceship all that has smashed into a huge temple. Now, I don't exactly understand how you uh, are making your way through the jungle. You stop to throw blows for a second before you realize, oh, we have already stumbled on our destination. But it's a comic book, so we'll let it pass. So the group starts to, Batman included, starts to explore this giant alien spaceship. Now, the entire side of it's busted out. There's a giant hole in there, so they just walk all up inside there. And Batman, being the world's greatest detective, stops for a second to notice some sort of saliva or some sort of goop uh, on the side of this giant hole in the um, in the uh, side of the spaceship. Now, Batman, again, world's greatest detective, starts to take samples as they're all looking around at this giant alien spaceship. Uh, Batman is doing what he does best. And then you hear someone scream, and boom, they stumble upon the first of what will be many bodies uh, strung up uh, up against the wall. There's a giant uh, cocoon or you know, giant egg. If you've seen the Aliens movies, you know what I'm talking about, with the, the eggs that the giant facehuggers come out of. And there is a body attached to the wall with a giant gaping hole in his chest. This is the first of, I believe, three in a row that, you, that they find. And they, Batman finds a dead facehugger um, that looks like it's already... I don't know the mythology behind them. I don't know if they die once they impregnate the host or if they can continue to do... Do so. I feel like they die. I feel like it's like they come out of the cocoon, they jump on your face, and then they put the xenomorph inside your body. And then the I feel like the facehugger dies. I could be wrong. Uh, I would love to know. So if we have some aliens uh, experts listening to the podcast, please feel free to contact me, uh, whether it be through the Trophy Horse Facebook group, the Loot Bros Facebook group, or one day the PG Spoilers email. But I would love to have a conversation with some people who are deep into the lore mythology of aliens to know what is the fate of the facehuggers. But it looks like Batman hides one in the back of his utility belt, which is rather comical because uh, he's kind of like hanging on to it with his back turned towards everybody. And it looks like he sticks it behind his back. But who knows? I didn't see him drop it. But from there, the group continues to make their way um, looks like they go back out of the temple and out of the uh, alien spaceship. And it seems like they almost set up 
a bit of a campsite as they have a few more deep dialogue exchanges trying to get to know each other. Batman makes a reference on uh, his parents being murdered in front of him as a child. Um, he talks about the, the horrors that they're seeing now, and he's like, you know, I've got my own horrors. I've got my own uh, nightmare, so to speak. But then they hear uh, some noises, and they find some blood. One of their team members is missing, and they're off to the races. Looks like they're going to go back into the temple. So Originally, they went into the spaceship that was crashed into the temple. Now they're going to go into the temple itself. And immediately, Batman notices that there are uh, these vines and these like this organic matter, whatever it is that the uh, xenomorphs string up the bodies with. So it looks like that, uh, that so of course, they go walking into the, the temple and out comes a giant swarm of bats, and they're screeching, and the, all of the super tough, you know, bad A mercenaries, they're all, get them off me, get them off me, and they're all, like they're swatting them away. Batman, of course, being Batman, just kind of walks right through them, like, just another day in the life. As they start to go through, they find the second um, body strung up against the wall with a giant uh, uh, egg sack in front of it. And as I'm looking at it again for the probably the third time, I see that there's another dead facehugger on the ground. So I guess that answers my question right there, that the facehuggers uh, grow inside the cocoons, inside the pods. The pod opens up, the facehuggers come out, infect the host, implant the, the xenomorph into their chest, and then the, the xenomorph busts out, the facehugger is now dead. Cause it's laying there dead on the ground. Now again, it's got blood on it, so who knows? It could have been killed by another person. Um, but that is not who the, these guys were looking for. Now that is not the teammate that the mercenaries looking for, but that is the person that Batman originally said he was there on uh, a specific mission that was separate than what the mercenaries are there for. Uh, he was in search of a scientist or a doctor. Uh, it was a geologist uh, working for Wayne Tech. Um, his name, where's his name? I don't see his name on here. Uh, his name is uh, Abel Barrett. Uh, he worked for Wayne Tech. Uh, Batman says that contact was lost with him four days ago, and Bruce Wayne asked Batman personally to go locate Barrett, which, spoiler alert, Bruce Wayne is Batman. So from there, um, he mentions that this guy had a wife and a daughter, uh, and he and then Batman turns and starts to examine the cocoon, the pod, uh, while uh, I think his name's Gantry, one of the other mercenaries, picks up the facehugger with his gun and just kind of standing there looking at him. So from there, uh, I think her name is Wyatt. Um, oh, excuse me, Hyatt, uh, the female mercenary. Uh, she finds what looks like an audio log or some sort of a piece of tech and she slides it into her into her shirt uh, uh, keeping it very secretive so it seems like she has her own motivations uh, as far as this group goes but they continue into the temple they go down a, a bunch of stairs they find more bats and then here they find uh, Paige which is the uh, the other one of the I guess we're at the fourth mercenary now we've mentioned um, I think there's five total. They find Paige. They find him strung up against the wall. Now, he's still alive. Uh, of course, Batman locates the pod, sees that the pod has been hatched. Um, I do not see a facehugger in the panel, but this guy, Paige, is rambling on. He's saying that they came for him, that the things that came for him, they have teeth. It says teeth, teeth, and teeth. Um, it says that uh, they didn't kill him, I'm trying to skip to the next page. Uh, but he mentions that, uh, he says they didn't kill me. He said they didn't. He said they put something inside him. It was an egg. He said it opened up just like a flower and then hands on me on my face. Um, so from there, he's rambling and he's going on and so forth and so on. And about that time, the captain, uh, Seely, uh, he shoots Paige in the head as he's strung up against the wall. Blood splatters all over Batman's face. Holds his gun up and says, had to be done. So Batman slams him up against the wall, calls him a murderer. And then these two, for the third time now, are in each other's, each other's face and going at it. So a couple of the other mercenaries pull Batman back. 
they comment on how strong Batman is. And in in the panel, Batman is, is much larger than all of these men. Much taller, too. Um, so they definitely, uh, they do a good job of showing that Batman is, is he's a monster among, among men in this particular, uh, this particular comic. But as him and Seeley, the captain, are, are having an exchange, you see the tail from the xenomorph kind of swoop down from the ceiling and wrap around him. And, uh, it's very, very sneakily doing it. You've seen scenes like this in the, uh, Aliens movies before. Uh, and Batman just kind of stands there and doesn't say a word. Now, I don't know if Batman is getting ready to strike, if he's just learning, he's watching, he's observing, whatever. Or if he's like, you know what, you're a murderer and you get what you deserve. But from there, um, the Xenomorph wraps up Seely, spins him around, he starts firing his gun. And now the lighting from his gun... The muzzle flash shows that there's not just one xenomorph, but three coming down these temple stairs, and they're all attacking him. So from there, everyone opens fire. They start going, um, going after him, and then the xenomorph opens up its mouth, and that long shaft-like set of teeth comes out, and Seely puts his gun in its in its mouth and fires it. Of course. If you know anything about the aliens, um, the acid that is their blood sprays out all over his face and all over his arm, and it looks like they done, they've taken care of him. So from there, Batman pulls out another zip line, some sort. I guess it's got a battering attached to it, um, and wraps it around a xenomorph's face, and he begins to tussle with it. He mentions that it's pretty strong. Yeah, he, he's not going to be able to hold it forever. Uh, xenomorphs are tearing into the other guys, um, shooting them. There, uh, one of the other guys starts shooting the uh, xenomorphs. He gets acid all over him. Uh, Batman basically spear tackles one of the xenomorphs, uh, taunting it. Says, "If you want a meal, try me." So he's sitting there, and uh, about that time, the uh, xenomorph's mouth, that that shaft-like mouthpiece, comes out again. This is a different one comes out Batman's getting attacked by two of them now uh, and about that time Seeley comes up with a burnt up charred up acid face and then starts firing kind of gets everyone's attention Gasm has the uh, xenomorphs get on top of him and he says at least I'll take one of you with me he pulls out a grenade gives the rest of the team uh, a chance to to bounce out of there and boom blows himself up there's tons of rubble tons of you know, crap everywhere. Of course, Batman's the first one to come out of it all. Uh, pulls the remaining two mercenaries out of the rubble, and it looks like their their lights are going dim. So now they're going to have to be kind of like avoiding these creatures in the dark. About that time, it flips over to a different panel, and the crocodile, uh, alligator, crocodile, whatever it is, the um, that Batman roped up. In the very beginning, now it has gotten itself free, and it looks like it is swimming its way into the backside of the temple. And it comes up on shore, and as it comes up on shore, one of the xenomorph pods, the facehugger pods, opens up like a flower, like it says, and then the book ends. So as for book one, you know, we'll kind of stop right there and do like a brief recap and just kind of see where we're at before we go into book two. Uh, book one so far establishes where we're at, what's happening. The mercenaries uh, are there on uh, for a recon-esque mission. Um, they do mention that when, when they kind of touched down and made contact with the alien spacecraft, that they were going to bag up and take as much stuff as they could. It said that Uncle Sam will want all that they can find. Um, so they are you know, being paid to go and find whatever, you know, they can as far as this alien uh, spacecraft is. Batman is there looking for the uh, the scientist uh, that worked for Wayne Tech, who he does find and sees that he's dead. And then it seems like once they get past all their strong personality differences, come into contact with the xenomorphs, half the team's wiped out, and we are left on with what we believe will be a crocodile xenomorph. Very possible. 
So overall, the first book it was it was serviceable. It was okay. Um, not the greatest Batman story ever told. Not the greatest Alien story ever told. Uh, as for book one, we'll, we'll see where book two picks us up, and then we'll kind of give it an overall review. Uh, but I do want to give the opportunity if you are listening to this podcast and you are interested in comic books, you're interested in Batman, you're interested in aliens, you're interested in and whatever it is, please feel free to contact us, Luke Bros podcast on facebook or the trophy horse podcast uh, on facebook either one of those two avenues just throw a line in there i'm in both of them i'm an admin in both of them i believe um but we can you know all of the pg spoiler guys are in there uh those are the most frequent podcasts i, I hosted the loot bros podcast when it was up and running i have been on the uh, trophy horse podcast multiple times uh this is a Proving Gamer Podcast, so the uh, opportunity to contact us, contact us are there, and that works perfectly, or you can hit us up, uh, pgspoilers at provinggamer.com is the email, so like I said, send in your feedback, send in your questions, and we'll be right back with uh, the Alien, Batman Aliens Book 2. Right off the bat, this one kind of does a little bit of a flashback. Uh, you see uh, young Bruce Wayne, uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne walking from a movie theater. Uh, a cool little Easter egg. It's got um, the name of the movie at the theater is It Came From Outer Space. And on the picture in the background is a xenomorph attacking a little boy. Um, so uh, Thomas Wayne, Bruce's dad, asks Bruce if he liked it. Uh, he said, I guess uh, it was it was okay, but it was kind of scary. And then from there, you know, he said, I wish we would have seen uh, Zorro like we planned. And Thomas says, well, maybe next time, you know, come along. We need to be getting home. And, you know, Bruce was like, where are we going? And his dad says, a shortcut. And then there's um, some back and forth between Bruce and his dad and his, and his mother. And he keeps mentioning he's scared. He doesn't want to go down that, that alley. Um. And then if you look carefully in the background, the the walls of the alley are covered in the same organic material uh, that the xenomorphs hang up bodies with. And then uh, on the bottom of the panel, uh, Thomas is attacked by something and grabs his face, but his face is covered in a shadow. And then from there, uh, young Bruce is like, I told you, I told you, Daddy, this is a bad place. Uh, and then as he, you see him shaking his father, the next panel uh, shows a face hugger on his dad's head. And then he turns, his, his mother screams, and he turns to the side and sees that, that a, a, a xenomorph rips from her chest. Um, and it makes the, the pearls fly everywhere. Now, if you're familiar with Batman's um, origin, uh, constantly depicted throughout the movies and comics and the uh, cartoons and what have you, um, Whenever uh, Bruce Wayne's mother was gunned down in Crime Alley, uh, one of his memories are her pearls being broken and then just clanging and falling all over the ground. So as the xenomorph alien busts through Martha Wayne's chest, all the pearls fall to the ground. It's it's really neat. It's very well done. Uh, Clearly, this is not what really happened. This is some sort of nightmare, some sort of um, vision, what have you. And then so you have in the next panel, you have uh, young Bruce laying on or on his knees or down on his knees uh, saying, don't leave me here. You got Martha Wayne with her chest busted out and Thomas Wayne with a face hugger on his on his on his uh, face. The bottom of the panel, you have a what looks like a 
uh, Xenomorph busting through Batman's chest. About that time, he wakes up and apologizes uh, to Hyatt and Van, the last remaining uh, mercenaries, uh, for falling asleep. And they asked him if he had bad dreams. He said no, which was clearly a lie. Uh, but from there, they grab what little bit of gear they got. Um, they count their ammo and what have you. And then they say, we got we to gotta book it. Uh, so Hyatt, the uh, female mercenary that's left over, or that's left out of the, out of the, the group, she tries to hand um, Batman a six, what looks like a six-shooter revolver. And she goes, why don't you take this one? I think you'll be needing it uh, before this is over. And Batman still says no. So earlier in uh, the first book, Batman refuses to use a weapon when offered to him. Here we are in the second book, Batman still sticking to his guns, uh, figuratively, figuratively, not literally. Uh, and then Hyatt says, suit yourself. I think you're going to regret it. So from there, it skips over, and you see the crocodile tussling around. Um, you know, the end of the first book, we saw it roll up to a uh, facehugger pod, and the pod opened up, and the book ended. So now we see uh, this crocodile rolling around, and then at the very bottom panel, it looks like his chest is about to bust out. So it flips back over to Batman and company, and Batman says, you know what? We keep seeing all these bats flying around this temple, and they keep going deeper and deeper into the temple. I bet there's another exit there. So they start making their way down, and they find these uh, ancient ruins, these statues, tons of hieroglyphics, uh, and some and some really cool stuff. Naturally, Batman can read hieroglyphics. Uh, it tells a short story about um, how just recently in the past 40 years, that we've been able to understand what these hieroglyphics say. And he's been studying it, of course. So he's sitting there trying to decipher this wall as Van finds uh, some more alien goop. Starts to freak out a little bit. Uh, from there, um, they're like, okay, the, clearly the aliens have been here recently, but they're not here now. Let's get out of here. Boom. Out comes the xenomorph and attacks uh, Van Batman smacks it in the head with a uh, of torch, uh, gets it good mad, jumps on his back, you know, tells them to take off. Um, Hyatt shoots the alien, gets some uh, acid blood on uh, Van's helmet. He keeps freaking out about his helmet. Uh, Batman tells him to get out of there. Uh, he's taking on wrestling with the uh, with the xenomorphs. Um, snags a grenade off of what looks like Hyatt's belt and shoves it in a xenomorph's mouth, blows up one of the xenomorphs, uh, jumps over another, and then brings down an ancient ruin a statue uh, to kind of block off their exit so that the xenomorph can't get through. Um, so Batman single-handedly bests two of the aliens, uh, one of which is still alive. Um, so they have a lot, nice little dialogue exchange, Batman's, uh, cape and, uh, suits a little more torn up showing some, uh, he's get he's taken some scratches and, and gotten some acid on his, uh, on his cape. Uh, they have a nice little dialogue exchange about how he continues to save their lives. Uh, but then they find themselves at the exit of the temple and it gives a giant aerial view of this, uh, giant face carved into uh, stone and this huge waterfall and the three of them are in the mouth of this said um, statue so it's huge um, so Batman tries to climb to the top of it trying to find a way out tells the other two to hang tight uh, gets his rope and his grapple and he starts kind of looking around about then uh, the remaining uh, the last xenomorph comes out and grabs Van he screams for help and right there before the alien takes him away, uh, Hyatt just, f instead of shooting the alien, shoots up in the air a couple times. Batman comes swinging down. She starts to cry. Says that she killed the alien and then Van was killed by the alien. Batman says, are you sure? She's like, I'm a soldier. I know what death looks like. I'm telling you. And Batman says, all right, well... You, you clearly know what you're talking about. Seems like they must have fallen off the side of this waterfall. Let's get out of here. Um, 
Batman starts to secure his rope and grapple, and then Hyatt smacks him in the back of the head with her pistol, knocking Batman down this huge flight of steps. And then she stands on top of him, revealing her plan all along, that she was there to steal the research uh, of about the xenomorphs. Uh, and then she was going to turn on the group. She Batman says, you killed Van, didn't you? She says, no, I just didn't stop him from getting killed. Uh, he reveals her plan, says goodbye to Batman. And about that time, out of the water comes this giant xenomorph. Um, kind of walking on all fours, bigger and beefier than any of the other ones combined. Um, this thing cowering down on all fours is twice the size of both of these two, Batman and Hyatt. Uh, this is the one that busted out of the crocodile, so it, it the crocodile being the host. Obviously, the xenomorph got a little bit of a DNA boost. Now it's this giant alien, and the final battle uh, begins. It scoops up Hyatt. She starts to shoot it. It rips. It sticks its uh, shaft mouth thing. I don't know what you call it, but like it, it sticks its basically its tongue that would that has teeth and a mouth at the end of it through her chest, um, killing her, ripping her guts out, throws her to the side, and then takes off after Batman. Naturally, Batman tosses around. You can't get you can't get him. I mean, come on, Xenomorph. I don't know what you think you're doing. You're not gonna be able to take down Batman. Batman somehow finds a sword with it, it looks like a almost like a giant machete, but it's also got little like teeth at the end, on, on both sides. So it's like a a mixture of a sword and a chainsaw kind of blade. Uh, obviously, some kind of ancient ruin uh, or ancient. Uh, uh, sword using these rituals uh, in this ruins, but naturally Batman just happened to find it, and he starts to you know slice and cut open the uh, the xenomorph, and when he does, the acid that spills out of the um, out of the xenomorph it starts to burn to the ground, and he sees there's a giant lava pit underneath them. Now, uh, going back to when Batman was deciphering the hieroglyphics, he says that that the hieroglyphics said that we need to kind of make our way to, or excuse me, we were heading down this temple to this uh, tunnel and there was going to be a sacrificial area. Um, and he mentions before that there's a, there's a lava pit somewhere. Uh, he couldn't exactly read it like he was reading a book, but he said lava ritual area, sacrificing staging area, something, something, something. So by that time, so now that Batman has kind of gutted the uh, xenomorph and has it bleeding all over the place, he sees that there's lava under there. So then he finds a spear, stabs the xenomorph, and then repels up to the roof, making the floor fall apart, and then sending said super xenomorph through the floor into the lava as Batman safely hangs from the ceiling. And then it has a Terminator-style uh, splash page where the xenomorph is flailing around, screaming in horror and agony as lava is consuming it and it's slowly making its way down into the bottom. And just when Batman thinks that he's kind of done with it all, the final xenomorph that took Van that didn't die, that Hyatt lied about, is up in the roof hanging from these stalagmites and grabs Batman with his tail. So Batman uh, flails around, tussles and fights it off. About that time, a whole group of bats come swarming down and it startles the xenomorph, which gives Batman time to wrap up the xenomorph in his rope and grappling hook and then tosses it down into the lava, allowing Batman to crawl safely out of the temple and gets uh, Alfred to pick him up at what seems like a nearby town. From there, it jumps to the Batcave, and it shows a very traditional view of the Batcave with uh, all of the different items and uh, things that Batman has accumulated over the years. The giant penny, the, the giant T-Rex, a uh, Joker card, a skull with a bullet hole in it, and now he has a facehugger, the facehugger that he hid behind his back in his utility belt. Um, he has that. He's sitting there at the uh, back computer. He's all bandaged up. Um, and he's analyzing everything. 
uh, and he kind of has some internal dialogue and he, and he basically comes to the conclusion that the scientist Barrett was correct, that destroying the alien, um, the evidence of the aliens and the, what, what's the research and all that stuff is the only way, um, to keep us safe, um, from these aliens. And, uh, Bruce says that it's, uh, we're not keeping, um, we're not keeping ourselves uh, safe because of what the aliens are. Where we keep he has to destroy everything to keep us safe because of what we are. In other words, there will be people who get their hands on these aliens, these face huggers, whatever, and they will find a way to reproduce them and make a um, army of these things. Because you know how humans are. You know how uh, we are. Every movie, we have the worst intentions. We come up with the uh, craziest uh, plans to find things uh, to kill each other with. Uh, So from there, uh, Bruce takes the glass container holding the uh, dead uh, facehugger and throws it off of of a giant ledge in the bat cave. Uh I'm assuming it's going to fall very far. I mean, it shows a little, a, a few panels where it, uh, the, 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 his vision of the, the glass case gets smaller and smaller, um, implying that it's falling farther and farther down. Uh, some bats fly off and then, uh, Alfred says, um, Bruce, will you come eat? You know, will you humor me and actually eat the food that I prepared? He says, I will, but I got a phone call to make, uh, referring back to something that was in a panel earlier where the scientist Barrett said, um, Mr. Wayne, if you could please find, uh, if, if you find me and I'm dead, can you please call my wife and my daughter and let them know I love them? So the book ends, uh, with, um, Alfred saying, uh, and your dinner, sir. And Bruce says soon, Alfred, I have a phone call to make and I have a debt to repay. And that is the end of book two. So that is the end of the two part Batman alien story. Again, uh, a series from uh, a series uh, a, a, a specials uh, from 1997, uh, written by Ron Mars. It is overall a, a pretty good story. I, I liked it. Um, the beginning didn't really work for me. Seeing uh, Batman in the jungle, um, not necessarily getting along with the mercenaries. Like I don't expect him to be buddy buddy, but it just seemed like it was a. Uh, a little silly, uh, even for a comic book. It was just a little silly. Um, again, I said in the beginning of the show, you have two of my favorite IPs, two of my favorite properties, um, right here with Batman and Aliens. And then, you know, starting off, it wasn't didn't really work, but the second book worked way better than the the first book. Uh, instead of being out in the jungle, seeing Batman in a in his bat suit, um, not even a stealth suit, not even an armor suit, like seeing Batman in the blue and gray. In the jungle, just wasn't working, you know. But seeing Batman in the blue and gray hiding in the shadows of a temple, a much more confined, claustrophobic space where the aliens aren't necessarily the hunters because they're in there with Batman. And Batman is in his element. That worked a lot better. Um, this book, these two books, they really didn't have a ton of uh, bat gadgets, you know. He basically just used his. Uh, his grapple, or not even a grapple gun. He used a batarang with a rope attached to it. Um, so for him to reference that he had everything he needed but didn't really use anything, uh, that was kind of odd. Uh, overall, the writing was pretty good. Uh, the art was pretty good. It got the art style, even though it's the same guy, Bernie uh, Wrightson, that did um, both books. It seemed like the art style changed just a little bit in the second book. It got a little more, um, not so much stensely, but like um, it reminded me more of some of the alien comics I've read. Uh, there's a certain art style that I've seen kind of run through them with a lot of straight lines and a lot of uh, um, weird shading. Not so much uh, shadowy shading, but it was it just changed a little bit. But I, I felt like it was good. I felt like the Xenomorphs looked great. Um, Batman, of course, being Batman, it seemed to work. Uh, overall, I'd say, uh, out of on a scale of ten, uh, Dookies, I'd give it probably like a six, six and a half. Um, I enjoyed the book. I, I enjoyed the little specials like this. I, I am a huge comic book fan, but really do prefer uh, side stories, uh, shorter runs. Um, you know, six to twelve issues is perfect for me. Um, these giant 
you know, hundred to thousand book runs. Um, it's not something I've ever uh, consistently followed enough. I do like the smaller story arcs inside of the books. Um, so this one worked pretty good. A two-part special uh, establishing, you know, these in the first book, it did, you know, I, I didn't uh, say this earlier, but they, the mercenaries knew who Batman was. Um, they mentioned more than once that they heard the legend of the bat. Um, you know, they're like, wow, what are you doing here? Not in Gotham. Uh, specifically reference, referencing the fact that, that even though they weren't from Gotham, uh, that everyone knows Batman polices those streets. And when he had mentioned that there were elements and different things that he had found that he, he had never seen before, uh, there was an exchange between two of the mercenaries. were like, oh, great. It's something he's never even seen before. And he also mentioned that he should kind of go forward and do the investigating because he is more equipped to deal with the unknown than these soldiers were. So I thought that there was a, it was, it was very interesting. The fact that uh, all parties realized this is freaking Batman. Batman knows what he's doing. Uh, Batman can handle himself. And only the captain of the group really had issue with that, really had grievance with that. And that wasn't because he didn't believe Batman could or would. It was that this guy is intruding on uh, his territory, that he should be the alpha. And then here along comes Batman uh, and dethrones him. So overall, a neat little story. Uh, Of course, having one of the people kind of turn at the end, very typical. I saw it coming a mile away. Uh, but overall, it was good. So I, I love the idea that a, a crocodile can be infected by a face hugger and turn into a super xenomorph. I thought that was pretty neat. Um, naturally, Batman bested him, but I mean, hey, it's Batman. I don't expect Batman to lose uh, to basically anything. So that being said, I gave it a six and a half out of ten. I think I'll stick with that. Um, it's, it was good. It wasn't great. Uh, it wasn't bad. It was just, you know, some stuff didn't work for me. Some stuff did. Uh, And overall, I'm glad it exists, and I will continue to read things like this. Uh, So, that being said, if you have listened to this podcast, if you made it through, uh, you have some opinions, you want to go check uh, these two issues out, Um, you have some other uh, comics or stories, we've, so far on PG Spoilers, we have covered video games, we've covered Netflix series, we've covered comic books, we've covered random movies, we have done... We've got a few um, uh, episodes in the can. Uh, we've got one coming up pretty soon here, uh, Hidden Agenda, uh, where uh, a group of us sat back and played the PlayLink game from Sony um, called Hidden Agenda and gave our review of it. Uh, so yeah, we look forward to putting out more content. We look forward to hearing from you guys, the listeners. Uh, let us know what you think. Let me know what you think about covering comics. Uh, does this work for you? Does this not work for you? Um, if you have any uh, uh, suggestions or ideas, you know we're open. We want to put out stuff that people want to listen to. We want to put out stuff that's fun for us to cover. Um, so let's try to work together between uh, the hosts and the community and find something that works. So that being said, do remember this is a Proven Gamer podcast. We greatly appreciate it. If you spend a little time on the Proven Gamer website, uh, go check out the links, do your shop and all that stuff. If you want to get down on the Patreon, get down on the Patreon. Uh, I know there are some perks and some tiers, and I know that stuff does change and can change more frequently. So the more people that go to Patreon, uh, the, you know, the more t- the more incentives that will be that be there and available. Uh, So thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to spoiling some stuff for you next time.